Welcome to Reframe Your Life, a podcast for women who think differently and want to explore ideas and topics relevant to all areas of their life. Welcome to episode 29 of Reframe Your Life. Today, we are going to be talking about planning for success. I realize not everyone's a planner, but today we're going to get into it and challenge your thinking about how planning can make a difference in your life. Joanne, how are you? I'm really good, thanks, Sandy. It's the end of a great week. I'm sitting back, chatting with you. I have a glass of wine. So (laughs) what made it a great week? (laughs) It's funny you say that because I was able to achieve all that I set out to achieve. Good for you. Congratulations. You deserve a glass of wine. I'm telling you, you, that's great. (laughs) Unless having a glass of wine was what you set out to achieve. (laughs) (laughs) No, no. Well, we'll get into it. But yeah, no, it was, um, you know, I ramped up a, a bit of work stuff this week. I practiced some new habits I wanted to bring into my life and now I feel like you know I am I'm going to uh, relax and have a really good conversation with you about it over a glass of wine great well congratulations I have a glass of wine here as well and Mm -hmm. I had a good week too and I would say the same I felt like this was sort of a week getting really back into the new year you know last week was like a warm-up and this week was everybody's back and life is you know ramping up again. So it's Uh good. So we're going to be talking about how we can plan for success. And so I wanted to ask you, on a scale of one to 10, so one being your plans for an average day, including waking up and going to sleep sometime, like very low level, and 10 being you set your alarm when you wanted to get up and have your day fully planned based on the goals that you want to achieve. You know exactly what you're going to do every moment of the day. Where would you say you fall on an average day? On an average day, well, I would invite you to guess and I would invite our listeners to guess. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say 10. Wow. <laughs> When I am busy, I go into planning overdrive because, and not busy, and busy is not negative. So when I'm full, when I've got a lot of different projects going on, a lot of different things I want to achieve, I do. I schedule everything and I plan everything. Um, if you looked at my beautiful calendar, you'd see lots of different color coordinated blocks, which is, you know, a different color for a different project or a different activity. Um, so that is, I guess, on average, if I'm not as busy or, you know, don't have as much on that I don't have to be so planful and so scheduled, then, yeah, I'll, I'll probably reduce it down to a six or a seven. But, but does my calendar say wake up and go to the gym? Yes, it does. You know, does it schedule – certain obviously meetings and stuff are scheduled um does it schedule work when i'm not actually meeting anyone but i have to achieve certain amount of work yes it does good for you 
Mm-hmm. So I How think, about you? Well, I'd say I fall around a six usually. So I think I'm really good at planning my week and making lists of what I want to do. But I do like to leave large chunks of time in my schedule that aren't planned. Mm-hmm. Uh, and generally, I fill those with social media or Netflix or puttering around the house online. Mm-hmm. But I, it's interesting because I am a lot like you. So this week has been busier than usual for me. Mm-hmm. And I've had to, when I've, I think the busier you are, the more uh, scheduled I become. It's, it's the only way to make sure I'm getting done what needs to get done. So for yes. today, I had my calendar pretty well every hour what I needed to do because I, I, I really needed to do quite a bit today. And the only way to do it was to just make a plan and work the plan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Work the plan. Love it. So, yeah, it's interesting. We're both like that, you know, that we, I, I find the, when I'm not as busy, I don't feel as productive and I don't feel like I make the best, be- the best use of my time. So I'm totally the same because I think, well, I can do it tomorrow. I can do it tomorrow. And then I've found that I got in trouble with that because then a client will ring with an emergency or urgency. Yes. And because I've put everything off for the beginning of the week, perhaps, and they need something by Monday, it's like, oh, darn, now I have to work the weekend or, or I can't do it. Whereas if I had planned it out, and, and got some things achieved earlier in the week, then it would be okay. So so I have learned that I, I need to, yeah, get it done when I can get done. And my so my evenings aren't necessarily planned because that is my kind of downtime of, um, you know, wa- watching a bit of TV. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have put um, some things in there. Like if I do need to work in the evenings, I will schedule it and I will plan it for sure. Yeah. Good for you. You know, I think that you and I both listen to podcasts as well and Mm -hmm. read a lot and have studied a lot about people's lives and people who are successful. And I think that there's no really getting away from it. People who are successful have to use their time effectively. And that means they have a plan. So I listen to this podcast with this guy who's He's kind of a bit of a laid back California guy. He's got sort of this surfer vibe, but he's um, he's one of those Oprah spiritual thought leader guys. And I listen to his podcast and um, he, he just has this like laid back California thing. But I was surprised to hear him on his podcast talking about his day. And he was saying that he gets up every morning, he makes breakfast for his family, has three kids, and then he goes completely offline for four hours. And he goes into his office and he works on content for books and podcasts and speaking. And then after that, he answers email and has any appointments in the afternoon. And then he ends his day quite early and goes surfing for a couple of hours. And a couple of things that struck me about what he said was that he has a really set schedule and uh-huh. people know when he isn't, isn't available. So he's created really strong boundaries around that. He has priorities that he lives by. So his fitness, his focus work and his family, he really is living by his values and that I need to move to California. Those are the <laughs> things I learned when I heard him. I was like, oh my goodness. I yeah. think there's something about that. Yeah. <laughs> 
I think I think it's true, and I know you know sometimes. I feel like, oh my gosh, do I really need to plan everything? And like I say, it goes in it goes in waves. Uh, sometimes everything is is planned a lot, and and sometimes it's not. But I my kind of personal philosophy is I can write lists, and I love lists. I mean, you and I are list people. I love lists. I love nothing more than crossing things off my list. But it's fine and dandy on a list, but unless I move it from my list to my calendar, it's not going to get done. Yes, that's something I really have learned to do is when I plan my week, so I, I generally start with my list too. So mm. I, I, in my week, I have my scheduled commitments, things that I, you know, appointments, meetings, things that are already planned. And then I, I create my list of what I need to do that week. And then I schedule them. I move them off the to-do list into a schedule. Yeah. It's super important. I feel like if it's not written down, like I said, it's it's not going to get done. And the other thing is people think they can achieve so much and then when when they actually try and schedule it, they realize there isn't the time in the day that they want and then that's when they start looking at priorities. Right. Right. Okay, what is a priority? Am I spending my time where it needs to be and where it should be? And, and if I am and I need to prioritize it all, then I have to realize that things can't be achieved as quick as I thought they could be achieved. You know? right. so, so, yeah, I'm a, and, big, I'm a big advocate for planning. <laughs> and do you find, because I find I can be like this, and I'm sure people I coach or you coach, it's the same thing, that we have really no idea how much time things are going to take. Like we underestimate or we overestimate. It's very yeah. hard to be realistic about how long something's going to take. So I find when I procrastinate, sometimes it's because I'm overestimating how big a job is. And so I put it off because I think it's going to take forever. And then I sit down and I do it in 10 minutes. You know, like I'm thinking banking or finances or those things that I avoid. And, but then other things I think, oh, I could do that in an hour and it takes three or four hours. So. Yes, I'm the same. I I think practice makes perfect in (laughs) In that regard, um, of course, when you're doing something for a first time, it's probably going to take a lot longer. Um, but if you set up a system and a process and do things weekly or monthly or whatever it is, then it's less of a bigger task, perhaps. So it is funny. I'm doing a project for a client, and uh, it's 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 under one big project, but there's about probably 15 mini projects. And I thought it would. I thought, oh yeah, I could get knock this off on a weekend. Well, I only got halfway through on the weekend, mm. uh, so <laughs> so now I'm like, okay, it takes me like so many hours to do that one portion. So now I've actually gone to my like I've now been realistic and going, okay, it's going to take me this many hours to complete the rest. Now I need to block some time off in my week to schedule that. You know, I was thinking I could just yeah. Oh yeah, it'd be fine. It's not that much work, but it's a lot of research and research takes time. So yeah. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, I, I think it, it's good to be aware and like you said, it's with experience and it's probably mm-hmm. better to err on the side of giving ourselves too much time and then you might end up with enough time to watch a Netflix show. If you gave yourself yeah. three hours and it took you an hour, great. Grab a book, you know, do something fun use the time. Sandy, I want to talk about something else that I've found really helpful with the planning for success and getting stuff done. I have 
formed some new habits. And one of them is less social media. And I know that may freak you out because I know you love <laughs> Instagram. And you know, like I would, you're, you love Instagram. I was on Facebook all the time. And when I really reflected, it took me some time to really sit back and go, how many times am I picking up my phone in an hour and then equate to in a day just checking? Why? Because I might miss out on something or I might want to see what friends are doing or whatever. And I mean, I'm embarrassed to say it was, well, it was at least a once an hour, probably two or three times an hour. Yeah, I don't think you need to be embarrassed about that. I think that's probably very typical of and, how often people are checking social media. Yeah, and, and not, not because I didn't have other things to do. I, I had work to do, but it would, it would distract me. And one of my plans for success is I took Facebook off my phone. Mm-hmm. And so that's just something I'll do now in my downtime in the evening. Well, good for I you. Mean, I literally used to wake up and the first thing I would do is check Facebook and Instagram and then every hour I'd be checking it and then before I went to sleep. So I have to say I'm, I'm, I just want to share this because I'm really proud of how I feel like I have been able to free my mind a little bit and ensure that what I have planned happens. So I'm just going to say that since you and I talked about that, I've been paying more attention to how often I check in on social media as well. And that in itself has been helpful for me. So I will like check my Instagram account. So I usually post in the morning and then I might go on an hour later and see how many people liked what I posted for reframe your life, especially, you know, just to see what's happening. And then I'm, I look at my phone and I think, okay, it's nine o'clock. You're not going like, don't go back on till one. Yeah. You don't need to go back on again. And, and that has helped me just thinking, okay. And as soon as I just, I'll say the time it's nine o'clock. I've just checked Instagram to myself. It sort of makes it quite real to me that at nine 30, there's no need to be checking it again. Because I think totally. sometimes it's just habitual and we don't even realize we just checked it 15 minutes ago. <laughs> it is. It's habitual in the negative sense sometimes, right? Right. And you know, what, you know what great leaders do? They do the same with email. Yes. They'll check their email in the morning. Then they'll shut it down. They may check it after lunch or at the end of the day or and or at the end of the day. But it's not open. I know I'm kind of slipping into time management and distractions here, but but it helps them carry out their plans that, that they have set out that they want to do, you know, these, some of these little distractions. Yeah, like that surfer guy I was talking about. He's, he doesn't yeah. have any email or anything open at all for four hours. And, you know, you shut off all your notifications. I've done that on my phone, so I no longer get, like, um, notifications when I have a text. Like, I don't get that chime because that's, like crazy when you're you're talking to someone in your phone you get that little chime and then you want to check the text message because all you can think about is I wonder what that was it's just a distraction so I've turned those off my phone yes I was coaching a client the other day and he had his phone sitting up and so it was on silent but of course every time something happened it lit up and he's talking to me and he's looking over looking over all the time 
And I said, is, is, are you waiting for something really important? He says, no, no, there's always, there's just always stuff going on. I said, is there anything you can do right now to be present, more present in the moment and not be distracted by your phone? Um, he said, no, it's okay. It's already on silent. Like he didn't even see that he was being distracted. <laughs> and wow. I said, how about if I do this? And I just reached over and turned the phone upside down. He's like, oh, that's a good point. And I was like, is that okay? Or how are you feeling right now? Like, <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Well, we do. We live in very um, distracted worlds, you know. You see it all the time, all around you, people walking down the street looking at their phone and just so unaware of what's going on. So those are some habits. Those are some, like, just habitual things we do that aren't really positive. But let's, like, turn that around and talk about creating habits that are that are more positive and and. You know, I think breaking the negative ones is a good thing to do and being aware sure. of them. But what are some habits you have that you have built in that you feel are habits that are making you successful as a woman, a woman in leadership? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I – and I plan these. So I, I do make sure I, I schedule them out. So, of course, my regular exercise. And then some new habits that I'm trying to form, which I'm really pleased to say I've, I've been doing for a few weeks. So I, I'm looking at small achievements here, <laughs> um, is, uh, my evening reflection. So just writing, um, just writing some things down about my day in, in a book that I've got beside my bed and meditation. Sandy, I went, first went to a, um, sorry, an acupuncturist, uh, was probably, six or seven years ago, and he was, I don't know if there's different types of acupuncturists, but he, he took, he was taking my pulse. He took about 20 minutes just just pressing around different areas and just listening to my pulse. And he said, you need to slow your engine down. <laughs> <laughs> you need to find a bit, a, a way to relax a bit more. And I'm like, well, I'm relaxed, watching TV, da, da, da. And he was saying, you know, your body is like an engine and if you go, go, go all the time, then it just doesn't have the opportunity to rejuvenate. He said, I know this is going to probably want to make you poke your eyes out, (laughs) (laughs) but I think it would be good if you tried meditation. And meditation has just always been that, that thing that I felt scared of that I could never achieve. So, And I know we've spoken about this before on the podcast. And so, yeah, I reframed it to just silent breathing and stuff. But this year I decided I re- like enough talking about it. I really need to bring it into my life. So I did some research and I found an app. It's actually called Headspace if anyone is interested. And I first I did the in December I did the 10 days free trial mm-hmm. and it was just 10 minutes a day. So I, I need a guided meditation and my mind is going to just continue to wander if I'm just sitting silent for 10 minutes. So I tried it, and then it's a subscription base. So, yes, it costs money, but I felt like if I'm serious about this, you know, the planning for success bit, sometimes you have to jump in and spend spend a bit of money. So I have paid for it, I've downloaded it, and then I've taken some action steps that I have my headphones and I have my phone accessible for when I want to form that habit, which is first thing every morning. So what I had to do, Sandy, and you know how early I get up, is I had to set my alarm even 10 minutes earlier 
so that I could fit it in my day. But that's how important it is to me. So, you know, I just feel like if it's really important, we will make time in our day to do it. So there's some habits. So of course, my regular exercise, I'm, I'm forming this meditation. I've been doing it for a few weeks. And I have to say, I do get up feeling, you know, I don't think I zone out or anything into this amazing <laughs> nirvana. Headspace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, oh, out of body experience or anything like that. But I'm practicing mindfulness. What I liked about it, it's, it's all about practicing mindfulness and connecting the mind with the breath. And just being intentional about how you set about your day. So I love that. One more thing, if I can, is pretty much similar like your California surfy guy, except I don't live in California and I don't surf. <laughs> I'm pretty good at setting boundaries. And I just I know that the next few months are going to be busy. So I know it's going to probably upset some friends. But I have already kind of established some boundaries and I've planned when is social time when isn't social time kind of thing and I know people are probably thinking geez like she's crazy she's planning everything but that is just for my kind of few months of it's it's busy I've got a couple of work trips I've got to prepare for and things like that and and if I'm going out two or three nights in a row I'm not going to be able to get up and and do the prep work that I need to do so I've kind of literally gone into my calendar and just blocked. This will be um, an evening resting at home so that the next day I can really put in, you know, 10, 12 hours of prep time kind of things. So so I think boundaries are really important. And, of course, it's balance. I've, I've still got time, some time to see friends, but we'll have to communicate about what that looks like and when that happens. Good for you. You know, I think when we set boundaries, we also give – other people permission to set boundaries you know when when you do that when I ask you can we get together and you say you know I'm really busy right now blah 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 it it just helps me to feel more committed to creating boundaries in my life as well so you know people may be disappointed or you know some people may not understand the way that you're organizing your life but at the end of the day you're modeling for them that you're putting yourself first and doing the things that you need to do to achieve your goals. So I think that's great. Good for mm. you. Yeah. Yeah. How about you? You do the Sunday thing, which is yes. Awesome. So Sunday morning especially is a really mm. um, kind of a time where I like to just, I, I usually go for a long walk on my own, hopefully in the woods somewhere. I plan my week. So I, I use, um, like an electronic calendar. So I, you know, keep everything in iCal. But on Sunday morning, I write out my week in a planner. So I just use a certain planner I've talked about before, and it's broken out hourly. So I do exactly what I said. I, I set goals, like I'm just looking at my planner for this week, I set a goal that I wanted to walk 35 kilometers this week. So, you know, I have to either walk five kilometers every day or I need to double up some days or do more some days. So I, and I just, like you, I block out when am I going to do that, you know, and I, I have my to-do list that I schedule in, all my appointments. And then even like this week, I had a client call at the last minute who wanted a proposal for some work that just came out of nowhere. So I ended up having to work Wednesday night on that. But I... I usually book my days and I don't, unless I'm out in the evening, my evenings aren't booked. So that night I was able to work on that because I had some open time there. But I feel the same way. If I don't schedule it, if I don't plan out my week, 
it's not going to happen. And I, you know, it's just a habit that I, I like to do. And it, it really has helped me to become more focused and more disciplined in doing that. Mm. So it's mm. good. So I think we need to dispel this 21 days to make a habit myth, Sandy. Oh, yes. I was going to ask you about that. <laughs> I, You know, I've heard all kinds of things about habits, you know, about um, I think 21 days is sort of the standard people say, but that's never really worked in my life. I don't know if that's ever worked in your life. I remember when I first started running, thinking if I run for 21 days on day 22, <laughs> I am magically going to wake yeah. up and want to run. Like that's sort of what that that yeah. makes you think, right? Yeah. Like if you do it for 21 days, then on day 22, you're going to automatically do it. No, I don't agree with that at all. I think it takes, well, I think some things are just always going to be discipline and some things can become a habit. What do you think? I agree. I'm the same. And I, and I used to think the same as you. I'm trying really hard with, with my new habit of meditation I'm really just, instead of going, oh, I've got to get to the 21 days or the 30 days or the 40 days, I mean, I've heard so many different things. I'm more trying to change the mindset of be mindful and reflect on how you are feeling when you bring this new habit into your life. And then I feel like if I if it's a positive thing for me to feel, then I will want to do it, which, which then I'll automatically form a habit. I don't know. Does that make sense? Yeah. Try and focus more on how I'm feeling rather than a set number of, of days. Because I tell you, I can go for 21, 30 days of doing something like yoga and then I get out of a habit, if you like, for a few weeks or a week or I've had a busy week and I haven't done it. It takes a lot of effort to drag it up again for me, for me, for that piece. So I just, I think we need to just get out of our, just do it for this amount of time and it's going to be free, free sailing from there. No, it's a constant piece. And I think if we can focus on how we feel and, and what it's bringing into our lives, then we are going to want to do it rather than, okay, this is day 20, I've got one more day, and then, oh, now I'm 22, and then 23. I think if we, and if we hop, it's like smoking, people who quit smoking, they may quit smoking for six months, and then they may lapse, mm -hmm. and then they have to go through the process, like they have to go through the process again. So they've quit smoking for six months. So if you follow the kind of 21-day habit thing, then they should never smoke again, you know, like it just doesn't work like that. Yeah, I agree. There, there's um, a really good book um, about habits called The Power of Habit. And, you know, I'll, I'll put that in the show notes because I think it, it talks a lot about understanding habits and breaking them down. I think that we can change habits like smoking. We can sort of retrain our brains to think differently and respond differently to things. So I don't think we're stuck in old patterns and you know, I think we are creatures of habit, but at the same time, I think that we need to recognize that certain things are, we have to be mindful and always be alert. Like your thing about social media, you know, you could find yourself in a week back to checking Facebook all the time. You know, it, it, mm -hmm. you have to continually remind yourself 
why you're doing things and, and not to do them or, or put things in place to, to not fall back into those old habits. So I think they're a little bit more complicated. I, I guess that's what we're trying to say is that thinking that if I just do something for 21 days, then it's a habit and I will forever be doing that and without having to make any effort or requiring any discipline or, or thinking on our part, that's, that's wrong thinking. It's, it's mm-hmm. not the way it works. So, um, and if anybody wants to dispute us on that, then, Hey, if you, if you have oh, some other thinking, yeah. we'd be open to hearing about that, but we're just speaking about real life experience here. And from our experience, it's, these things are not short term fixes. They're, they're long-term commitments that require, require effort sometimes for weeks or months or years mm-hmm. to keep them up. So I'm the same. You just need one week of vacation and everything is shot to hell, you know? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. So it's changing that mindset. Okay, this is my vacation time. This is where some of my routine and my habits may be um, uh, relaxed and let go a bit, but it's for a certain amount of time. And when I get back... I will start them up again. It's not like, oh, I've stopped them. Well, there's no use restarting them kind of thing. So it's just kind of the mindset. And so I think when we want to bring a habit in, like identify the routine or identify the habit that you want to bring in, and I would say journal and reflect on what it is bringing to your life. I believe in rewards. I've listened to some podcasts that say, make sure the reward is a positive reward. I feel like whatever reward you need is okay. That's in my opinion. I think if you work hard at something and this week was a busy week and my reward is wine and I'm okay with that. Yeah. And then, of course, plan. Plan your habits that you want to establish, which I think takes us to really what are you trying to achieve when you're planning, it's generally with a goal or more than one goal in mind. So it's around goal setting. What are you trying to achieve that week? What are you trying to achieve that month? What are you trying to achieve on the project? What are you trying to achieve? What am I trying to achieve with meditation? I think we should talk about establishing some goals, which I think helps us keep track and we form our habits so that we can meet our goals, I guess. Right. So yeah, I think, you know, planning for success, goal setting is definitely a big one here. So I mentioned one of mine this week was to walk 35 kilometers. So that's a little goal. It's not a huge goal, but it's part of a bigger goal for me to um, take care of myself and to be in the best shape that I can be in. And, um, but what are some other areas you set goals in? I'm just curious about that. So Fitness, I've set some goals financially this year around how much money I want to make in my business. Um, Just trying to think of some other places. How about you? First, I want to talk about goal setting, being smart goals, specific, Mm -hmm. measurable, achievable, relevant, and timely. So, Sandy, your goal that you set was a perfect example. 35 out, what what was it, 35 kilometers this week? this week, yeah. Yeah, and so you had a time... It was achievable. It was relevant to what, what you know, you're, you're trying to set and live your healthy lifestyle. You could measure it. It was very specific. You had a way of measuring it. Mm-hmm. So one of my goals, 
supportive to Ashley because he's he's doing studies. So I didn't know what that meant. So I had to talk to him about what does that mean. So I was able to have a conversation with him and get a little bit more tangible in my understanding of, okay, what does that mean? And so he was able to say, okay, well, I want to... I want to study on these nights, these nights, and these nights. It'll be great if we don't have social bookings on those nights because I'm a social organiser. I mean, I can. I can personally, but nothing for couples. If you're able to maintain this area of the housework and whatever, and I can do this bit. So I know now what support to him looks like. Right. So now it's specific enough for me to have a look at it each week. This year is it's a different goal for me. It's a bit more of how, how I can be more supportive and, and how I can bring more mindfulness and intentionality and peace into my life. Wow. So I had to be I had to work out what that meant. Yeah. Know? And that and that's it exactly. You have to work out what that meant. So on episode twenty seven we introduced the balance wheel. Mm -hmm. to our listeners and if people haven't taken time to download that and look at their life I think it's a great place to start with goal setting so you know what you can do is to use something like that and look at that and then choose the areas where you're low or where you want to um, maintain or increase the the number that you assign to that area and think about what it would take to move up in it so you know, for you, I think you've put a priority on your relationship with Ashley. And so that was one of the areas in that wheel is your, you know, key relationships. And so Mm -hmm. you're looking at how can I keep that area strong and and healthy? And what would that look like? So I mean, we can only answer that for ourselves. No one else can answer that for us. But, you know, just ask yourself, how, what do I need to do to to make this area as strong as I want it to be. And if, it's mm-hmm. a, if I want it to be an 8 or a 10 or wherever I want it to be, what's, what are some of the specific things that I need to do to achieve that? So I, I set a goal this year that I wanted to boost my immunity system. So I've been sick a lot in the last year, which is not like me at all. I'm usually the person who doesn't get the cold, but I've had three. So... Um, I feel like my immunity system must be down. So I decided to really focus on making choices to boost my immunity system. So um, for me, that includes the specifics around my goals are drinking a green smoothie every day, taking a probiotic every day, making sure I'm getting a good night's sleep. So I have my alarm set when I go to bed. So not just when I get up, but I have an alarm that goes off when it's time to go to bed. So that's just a reminder to me that it's time to wind down. It gives me half an hour once that alarm goes that it's time to kind of get into a, a routine that I've set to help me get to bed and and get into a sleeping mindset. So... You know, I think that we all have areas and they all differ, but setting some goals and I've heard not more than five goals, but, um, you know, five is kind of a manageable number. I, I don't think I have five big goals this year. I probably have four, closer to, I think I have four big goals, but the one I'm really focused on right now is, is um, really increasing and boosting my immunity system because I feel like when I'm sick, it's impacting every area of my life. Yes, thanks for reminding us about the balance wheel. 
I think that there are relationships that can really help us um, plan for success in our life. So whether they're accountability partners or coaches or supportive relationships, um, there are key things that we can do relationally to help us as well. So, and sometimes it means getting rid of relationships or limiting time you spend with certain people that get in the way of you doing the things that you need to do as well. So do you, ha do you work with an accountability partner? I know you and I do that for each other, uh -huh. but where, what are you doing relationally to help you plan for success? Yes, I have an accountability partner. So that's where I'm at with some of these habits that I'm trying to form. I'm sick of hearing myself talk about them. <laughs> so if I'm sick of hearing myself talk about them, I know other people are sick of hearing myself talk about them as well. Uh, but yes, definitely an accountability partner. Plug for coaches. This is where coaches comes in handy. I'm, I'm working with some clients at the moment. Their goal is to improve their communication style so that they can be better team managers. And that is really, really hard to do. So they have a coach as an accountability partner. And that person just to check in with them and to, and to hold them accountable to their word of the new habits and the new behaviors that they're going to practice in order to meet that goal. So they've planned it. They know what they've got to do. They know what they've got to practice over the next week or two. And then I'm going to be their little accountability partner to give them a call and say, hey, how is that going? <laughs> and they can't hide. Um, so... So, yeah, an accountability partner and supportive relationships is really important. But I have to say at this point, you need to share, like you do need to share your goal and, and be descriptive about how the relationship can support you. Yes. You know, don't just assume people know how to support you, which is why I went to Ashley and said, okay, how do I need to support you over this journey? Right. So one of the things that I want to do is more writing. So I met with somebody today who's published four books, like he's written four books in his career. And so I just asked him if we could get together for coffee and we met and I just asked him, talk to me a little bit about the process that he went through, how he structured his life so that he could get four books written and, you know, he gave me some ideas about what he learned about working with a publisher and all kinds of things. It was, and this is a guy that I'm on a board with, so not a friend or a coach or an accountability Ooh. partner, but sometimes I think we can just reach out to people in our network who have been successful in achieving a goal that we want to achieve and just one time meet with them and just pick their brain about how they did it and what was helpful and what advice they'd have for us. So yeah. um, anyway, that was really helpful for me today. And I think that's just kind of a simple, low investment thing that we can do um, to connect with people that we know who we admire because they've achieved something in their life that we'd like to achieve in our life. So mm -hmm. Good. So last thing I want to talk about. So we could talk so long about um, planning for success because we both like to plan for success. So uh, <laughs> something that I am looking into this year as well and I've heard a lot about is a mastermind group. And so maybe something that we would do a whole episode on at some point in the future. But I think it's something that we want to just put out for our listeners as a, a tool or a way that you can put 
think something into place in your life to help you really achieve your goals. And if people aren't familiar with the mastermind group, it's a peer to peer mentoring group that you would get together regularly with people that are your peers who want to support each other in achieving a goal, not a mutual goal, but their own individual goals. So, and you just give each other some input and advice. You share a little bit about where you are and keep each other accountable. So I don't know if you've ever been a part of one or what you know about mastermind groups, but I think that's a really great idea. Yeah. Yeah. It's like another accountability group. I mean, it's accountability partner, but it's a whole group. This has been great. This is a really good conversation. As always, you inspire me with your planning for success and with how focused you are. I've really taken away, um, I think the highlight for me from this episode is your conversation with Ashley and how you asked him specifically what would support look like for you. I think that's something that we need to remember is that we all have different needs and what's supportive for one person what's supportive for me might not be what's supportive for someone else. And to have those conversations with people when we're planning for success or supporting other people in their plans for success. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. It was kind of like an aha because he came up with different answers than I thought. (laughs) (laughs) Of course. It's like, Oh, I've actually started to integrate your planning on Sunday. I used to plan on Monday morning. (laughs) (laughs) Or like look at my week on a Monday morning. But I do that now on Sunday as well. And it's so amazing. I just love going to sleep on a Sunday night. I know my roadmap for the week. And yes, things can come up that you haven't planned for or whatever. But I generally know my roadmap and I'm kind of a bit more motivated. Yeah. So that's something I've taken away from you over the past few weeks too. And you mentioned it today. So. All right. Well, thank you. And Life Reframers, we thank you for listening to our podcast this week. And we hope that the things that we've talked about will help you plan for your very most successful life. Hi, Life Reframers. Did you enjoy our episode today? If so, please leave a review on iTunes or Google Play. Also, check us out on all our social media avenues via reframeyourlife.ca.